sometimes when my life gets fairly chaotic, I'll um, take a walk outside. And in this one particular instance, I remember I had driven off into the desert and was looking up at the stars. We had a pretty good view away from the city lights on the high desert. And I remember thinking about the order and the perfection of galaxies and planets and in orbit and traveling in this dance around space and and thinking um, how chaotic the wars and divorces and and riots must look from outer space on our planet, you know. So that's kind of um, where the song began. Welcome to Switchfoot Song Stories, a fan-run and operated podcast, not affiliated with Switchfoot. Welcome to another episode, everybody. I'm your host, Tyler D. Smith. I'm very excited to introduce this week's guest. He is a fellow podcaster, works in radio in the Christian music industry with Pulse FM, and I've been following uh, all of his work the last several years, and uh, I've really enjoyed it. Mr. Corey Mann. Corey, welcome. Uh, you are normally on the other side of the interview, but I'll do my best to give you the questions this time. How's it going? Well, first of all, I love your hat. <laughs> and the moment that I saw the hat and actually the sweatshirt, I felt very at ease. You and I uh, have spoken this sentence probably too many times in our lifetime on uh, opening day. It's hard to be a Cubs fan in and then whatever year. <laughs> yeah, almost all the years, just maybe one. <laughs> just, just just one, just one. <laughs> in our lifetime. Yep. But uh, thanks for having me. Uh, Follow-up question, what does the D stand for? That is my middle initial. There's so many Tyler Smiths out there that uh, I had to put my middle initial in. So my middle initial is, uh, or middle name is Davidson, which is a family name. So had to throw that in there. I'm an author, so I had to differentiate myself a little bit. You're an author. Tell me more. Yeah, it's a book called Searching for Seven, uh, The Journey of Seeking God Seven Days a Week. Uh, came out right in smack dab middle of pandemic in June 2020. So uh, it's a lot of uh, short chapters, a lot of stories about my life and how I'm uh, seeking God and whether it's sports, music, uh, family, church life, whatever. So um, it's quite a journey in itself to put that together. Congratulations on that. Thank you very much. So before we talk about your uh, podcast, I also wanted to kind of talk about your journey and where it all started. Um, you know, what what led you into the profession? How did it uh, begin? You might be more of a music lover than me, and I can't say that about too many people on this planet. So <laughs> how did it all start? You know, I was lost. Um, there's a couple of things in life that I kind of gravitated towards. One was music. Uh, one was a transistor radio. I was fascinated by the technology of radio and what was coming out of it. And uh, I'm a, I also love art. I love to draw. I love to create. And <clears throat> my father was a very authoritative voice in my life. You know, his whatever he said, that was the law. And I never questioned it until I got older and more rebellious. But um, I wanted to draw as a career. Like I thought, wouldn't it be cool to be a Disney animator? You know, all the great movies that we've grown up with. 
and I'm 53 as we record this. So I was very traditional animated movie watcher. And my dad just said, you know what? There's no money in that. You might want to consider the military. And I just turned it off, Tyler. Just completely turned off drawing. I put down the pen and pencil. And I said, he must be right. He must know something. And uh, my attention went to music and radio. And I grew up in a very small town in Michigan where we got all of the big radio stations from Chicago over the lake. And so I grew up listening to some of the greatest radio DJs of all time and was just super curious, like, what are they doing and how do they do it? And so I reached out in my small hometown to the local radio DJ. His name was Jim Gifford and the Champions of Breakfast. What a great morning show name. And I said, I'm 19 years old. I'm lost and I could use some direction. I'd love to see what you do. And he invited me down. He let me sit with him for four hours during his show, and it was one guy. Now, it sounded like there was 10 people, but he pulled back the curtain like the wizard and showed me that it's all smoke and mirrors and theater of the mind, and I fell in love with it. And he said, you know, there's there's something about you. I'm going to take a chance on you. I've got a shift that no one will work, and it's Saturday night at midnight till Sunday morning at 8 a.m. Now, this is pre-automation. Somebody live has to be in the studio. And I said, okay. And he goes, and I'm going to give you $3.35 an hour. And I thought, I'm a millionaire. This is that whole do what you love and figure out a way to get paid for it. And my parents were furious with my decision. And 35 years later, I've been in radio broadcasting since the summer of 1988. Uh, I've been in uh, mainstream top 40, uh, market I've been at rock radio. And then in 2009, I jumped into Christian radio. I've been a believer most of my life. Uh, but the opportunity came up to work in Christian radio. So I jumped at it and, uh, that's where I find myself today. Yeah. I was always curious about that. I know here you asking, uh, all these artists about their kind of origin stories. So I wanted to hear yours. That's pretty cool. Thank you. Uh, you know, the real origin story, though, is the love for the radio over the lake in Chicago. And my high school girlfriend at the time took me to see Good Morning Vietnam with Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. That, Tyler, that was such a light switch moment of I, I want to do that right there. Yeah. And so uh, that's the true origin story. Still one of my favorite movies to this day. That's cool. And I'm sure a lot of people that listen to radio, your radio and podcast, uh, a lot of young folks out there or old folks, wherever they want to start and begin, uh, probably an inspiration to them to uh, try new things as well. You know, your podcast is one of my all-time favorites, and I listen to a lot of them. If you were to see my Spotify, uh, the the podcast that I follow, there's a bunch of them, and yours is right at the top. Uh, it's called What Else with Corey Mann, and uh, every week you interview different artists, and to me, your show is unlike any other because you're, you're not just talking about the upcoming album or, you know, the latest single, you know, you uh, dig a little deeper with your questions. Uh, some are, are lighthearted moments, which is a really enjoyable listen. And then sometimes uh, gets more personal and goes a little deeper, you know, with uh, example, your uh, recent interview with Bo Reinhardt. So uh, you've had both, I believe, Tim and John Foreman on the show. Uh, John Foreman's episode, I believe is episode 120. What do you enjoy the most 
from doing the podcast and what have you learned along the way? Great question. First of all, thank you for listening. I appreciate that. I love meeting somebody that actually listens to the podcast because, you know, sometimes you, you, you put your creativity out there and you wonder, is there anybody listening? Anybody at all? Uh, so thank you. I, I, I genuinely appreciate that. I learn real quickly that these are human beings, uh, much like a, a worship leader at church is a human being. We are flawed individuals. They do not have their life together. They deal with the same stuff you and I deal with. They put their pants on the same way you and I do, except their pants might be a little more expensive than ours. And they're maneuvering life the best way they can. They're creative individuals. I do love talking to the creative types of, you know, about songwriting and putting together an album. But I love also wondering and hearing where the inspiration comes from. Because I've always been fascinated with like a touring band who gets popular or they know that the money's in touring. So they got to be on the road a lot. When do you have time to live life and write a song about it? You know, and there's some artists that are really good at that, that make time that take sabbaticals that really are aware of their life. And they use that to their best abilities. And there's some that, uh, you know, Good luck with that songwriting because it sounds like it was in the back of a bus and it was kind of put together real quick. So uh, they're flawed individuals, these artists, but they're also human beings created by the greatest creator and um, all trying to just figure this whole thing out. Yeah. Another thing I love about it is that you, there's like a wide range of guests. So like you interview the stars of the industry that many people would know. And then there's some that are maybe up and comers. Um, the uh, the Ben Fuller episode. He, he was somebody that I didn't had not had heard of at that time, and had just a really powerful uh, interview on your show. And now I'm a huge uh, Ben Fuller fan, so that's pretty cool as well. And if you're listening to our podcast and you've not heard of this show, um, a cool thing for you as well is there's about 200 episodes in the archive, so you can go and be sure to check it out. I'm trying to remember what number it was that I found out about the show. I was following Andrew Rip on Twitter. He retweeted his episode, I think the first time he was on, and then I clicked on it and said, oh, look at all these artists, and so I uh, became a fan from there, so it's pretty cool. Nice. Thank you. Andrew yeah. Rip is a good dude, by the way. That is a genuine good dude. Got to spend some time with him in November. I was in Nashville for the uh, the Dove Awards, and he's just he's having a successful run, and he and... Um, Rachel Lampa and a guy named Ethan Hulse, who is pretty much writing every song you're hearing on Christian radio right now. They're kind of this trifecta right now that is a force to be reckoned with. But at the same time, Andrew is such a good dude. Just celebrated 15 years of sobriety. Uh, super excited for him. Sent him a congratulatory text, name drop. And uh, yeah, he's a good dude. Very cool. I think now that I remember, I think it was on your show that I found out that he was going to shift into the more of the faith-based uh, writing. So that's cool as well. Cause I, I liked all the stuff previous and there was always a hint of, you know, spiritual uh, undertones or whatever. And um, so yeah, good stuff. And naturally, if you are a big Christian music fan, work in the industry and you're a fan of great art, like you are, then it's only natural to me that you would also be a big Switchfoot fan. <laughs> You've had uh, a chance to work with the guys up close and personal a lot over the years, World Pulse Festivals, 
obviously radio podcast. Uh, you've seen them in who knows how many states you've seen. I think I'm up to five or six uh, states that I've seen them in, which is cool. But um, what is it about this band in particular that you think has stood the test of time, like since they began, like the, the longevity of their success is admirable and, and what makes you a fan of this band? You know, I, I was wondering if you were going to ask me that and I've been chewing on that for a little bit of like, what, what is it about these four or five guys? I think they are a great example of, they sing the words that you and I think in our heads that we haven't been able to put out in a sentence or a thought yet. I think they're deep. I think they're super creative. I think sonically they're fantastic. I remember the first time I heard them, I was working at a local church and I got a a CD sampler. Do you remember those where they send you, you know, 10 or 15 new songs from these up and coming artists. And I had not heard of Switchfoot at all. And there was a song in there called ammunition from the beautiful letdown. And I was like, holy, I was first attracted to the guitar because I'm a guitar maniac. And I was like, who are these guys? And fell in love with that. That would be my first record is Beautiful Letdown. And of course, when you fall in love with a band, then you go back and go, what else have they put out that I've missed out on? And seeing them live is quite an experience. So much energy, so much passion. It feels very unscripted. There's a lot of shows out these days, and there's nothing wrong with this, that are very choreographed. Mm -hmm. And you just feel like these guys are putting it together, you know, minutes before they hit the stage. And I can confirm, I've seen that a couple of times, watching John put together a set list while sitting on the back of the truck, the tour truck, and then handing it to the road manager. He finding a printer, it gets printed out. And John walking past me onto the stage, handing me the set list and going, here we go. And going, wow, that just happened. So I love the spontaneity of it. Quick uh, switchfoot story. We had them here in South Bend this past summer, summer of 2022. And I had some time with the guys and John and I were talking about his solo album. And, you know, you put something out during the pandemic, as as you know, with your book. And it's like, okay, did anyone see this or hear this? And he put out a phenomenal solo record and was supposed to tour. But because of the pandemic, we had a tour date here uh, in Indiana that disappeared. And I had a chance to talk to him about that uh, this last summer. And he's like, yeah, I couldn't couldn't put it together. And we were starting to work on a new Switchfoot record. And and it's just crazy times. So trying to maneuver those times. And we were wrapping up our time together, Tyler. And he goes, hey, let me ask you something. He goes, what song do you want to hear tonight? And I thought, please do not be kidding with me. He goes, no, what song you want to hear? I'm putting together the set list right now in my head. Is there something you'd love to hear tonight? And I said, stars. And he goes, okay. And I thought, this guy's going to forget that. And, you know, he was just playing to my ego or whatever. And sure enough, and this is also on YouTube, (laughs) on my channel, uh, they opened up with stars that night, which just exploded my musical heart <laughs> yes yeah it's such a good one live for sure was that the um the tour of philip phillips or was that a separate tour that got canceled there that was supposed to be the tour with philip oh. phillips yeah man that would have been a good one hopefully they reschedule at some point that's such a good solo record and yeah. if you are a switchwood fan and you have not listened to it 
It's so good. It's cinematic, in my opinion. There's some sweeping audio moments that sound like it is right out of the Lord of the Rings coming up over the mountain or on a boat and the wind crashing against the sails and and just singing about stuff that you and I are thinking about on a daily basis. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Tell me about the, the cowboy, cowboy, cowbell contest that you should have won. Is that, isn't that a switchfoot? Uh... <laughs> Counselor, I'm a director at the time. And Switchfoot Online, this is this is pre-Twitter. So this had to be, how would I have known about this? Website? Maybe website, maybe Facebook. I can't quite remember, but they had a contest for one of their albums. And, you know, you play along to something and you might find yourself on a Switchfoot record. So during the last night of camp, we have this celebration. It's a dance party. Let's call it what it is. And I had my buddies behind the scene hang a video camera from the top of the uh, cafeteria. And I had these middle school kids hold me up for easily two minutes on their hands while I just cranked on that cowbell, which I think was stars. Um, it's online somewhere. I, I I'm. Well, man, getting old stinks, my memory. But uh, I did not win that contest. But years later, I had a chance to show uh, John and his brother. I said, so this is me. <laughs> and these are 12 and 13-year-olds holding up a very heavy me while I try to impress you. And we had a great laugh about that. Well, in those kids' minds, you definitely won the contest. <laughs> <laughs> definitely good memory. <laughs> So if uh, if Beautiful Letdown is your favorite all time, what would you say uh, top three from them? Which Songs or albums? Albums. I'm sure that could change here. It's not, it's not always a fair question for longtime fans because like, well, ask me next week and it may be this album. Sure. It, well, Beautiful Letdown will be number one. Top album. Then I'm going to go... Then I'm going to go Nothing Is Sound. And then I'm going to go, oh boy, I'm leaning towards Oh Gravity. Yeah, I'm leaning towards Oh Gravity and then the rest, are, but they're still great. I don't want to say there's any that are like, yeah, but those are the big three. I yep. think, um, I think they really hit their stride and I still revisit those songs. Those are, those are lawnmower soundtracks right there. Yep. That's an hour and a half of just headphones, earbuds. And let the whole album play through. And so many memories are attached to those particular albums. And I'm talking kids camp. I'm talking mission trips around the world. I'm talking Sunday nights with the, the high school kids. Mm -hmm. And then when I jump back into my career in radio, the concerts, Tyler, I've seen them way too many times to even try to figure out. It's got to be at least 20 times, at yeah. least. I was thinking of this question as well. Maybe, and since we got that Cubs connection, so dream scenario, Wrigley Field concert. It's like Switchfoot and maybe you two or one of your other like longtime favorites, I, I've, you know, Billy Joel or whoever. Um, what song are they singing to wrap up the night together? Wrigley Field. Whew. Where I Belong. Yeah, I think I think where I belong is the best, meaningful uh, wrap up the night. Everybody's singing along, and just the meaning of the song itself, I think, hits yeah. home. I think for me, so Switchfoot 
and maybe if it was just you know Bono or entire U2 was on stage with Switchfoot, Wrigley Field, they do a mashup of Where I Belong and Where the Streets Have No Name, and I could just be taken up to heaven right there. <laughs> <laughs> did I hear? Did I hear a third day Jars of Clay Switchfoot song? That might have been like a bonus track. It was, I think it was a Habitat for Humanity tour, and they did something together. And it it might have been a U2 song. Really? I may have to do my homework on that one, but I I it's way back in the mind here, and there's some cobwebs, but I think it it's either Oh, they did um on their tour, they wrapped up. It was the third day tour, jars open, switchfoot was in the middle, Robert Randolph was in there. And they did something about uh, when the oh man something about when the house uh, I can't it's off the tip of my tongue I don't remember if they ever recorded it but they did it there and then I know on the Switchfoot Reliant K tour for Habitat they did a song called Rebuild which was the original song okay okay but yeah they if the, it's the one you're thinking of on tour they kind of closed the night all together so maybe they did release it at some point okay to look Robert up. Randolph wow there's a name I haven't heard in a while yeah so. Stars itself, the song, fan favorite. They play this one live quite a bit. Um, I still remember when this one first came out. I remember uh, listening on my computer, and I, I would pause. I would go to the part with the uh, the pause and the yeah, you know, towards the end, probably like a hundred times in a row because I was just like, you know, trying to be a rock star in, in the uh, the computer room there. But um, just an amazing song. It's got like the the perfect mix like it's vintage switchfoot because it's the the blend of sing ability like sing with rock along with but also like this deep meaning where you you know question life look at look at the stars and just like kind of ponder you know who you are who god is all this stuff kind of all wrapped into one so what memories do you have other than that one that you shared and um you know why what about this song kind of drew you to uh choose it well, we're coming off a beautiful letdown, and I'm a super fan. Like, I listen to that one front to back. And so I think when you're in love with a band and you fall in love with a particular album, you're ready for what's next. And Nothing Is Sound, that album was what was next. And so I think we're in iTunes world at this time. So we got one song from the new album, and it was Stars. And it's easily top three Switchwood riff. That opening riff is so great. And shame on you, Christian Radio, for butchering it and shortening it. It yeah. should be left in its entirety. Uh, it's a foot stomper. The audio, the sonic sound of Nothing Is Sound is so good. It was next level. Um, I love the music video where they're underwater, or at least they look like they're underwater. I thought that was, you know, cutting edge for uh, a music video. I said top three riff. Now, here's what I do remember, Tyler, about this record that was really a stinker. Sony had put that new XCP copy protection on all the discs. Yeah. And I think it jacked up my work computer so bad. And within a couple of days, somebody in the band put a workaround on their website of like, hey, sorry about that. Here's what you can do. And the record label yanked that from their website. Like, no, 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 no. This is, a, this is a thing that we're going after as an industry. Yep. And it did, it did not go well. And I remember when the CD came out on the other side of the CD was a, a documentary, a DVD of uh, the making of that record. 
fast forward to whatever that episode was that you were talking about with John and I, I think I remember holding up that record and he really didn't have a lot of good things to say about that record. Uh, it was very emotional to him. I, you know, we were on Zoom, so I was watching his body language, and he didn't quite get into what was going on in his life. But it just did. It seemed very tumultuous. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate because I don't have a tumultuous spirit when I listen to that album. I think of my teenage daughter taking her to see Switchfoot for the first time, and she bought a little blue shirt that says "The Shadow Proves the Sunshine." I remember taking, uh, I was a high school uh, youth group leader, and I took a bunch of kids to Indianapolis to see him at the fair. And that might have been the first time I remember people holding up their cell phones for the light during stars of like, wow, that's a cool idea uh, out there on the uh, the track at the Indiana State Fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just love that record so much. Shadow Proves the Sunshine is another favorite. Really makes me think about a lot of things but stars stars perfectly wraps up on a clear night when you walk outside we've got a dog we've had dogs uh since we were married and i'm the one that takes them out at the end of the night before we all go to bed and on a clear night when you look up and you see a sky full of art Mm -hmm. that's the song that comes to my mind and i just love that line when i look at the stars i see someone else and i am in total agreement that there is a creator and he has put those in place, and there is a plan much bigger than I can get my head around, and I'm on board with it, uh, whatever role I get to play. But that's just one of my favorite songs, and it's a rocker. I'm a rocker, you know. It's a it's a great riff. It's a great sing-along song, and uh, I'm glad they still play it to this day. Yeah. Yeah, I remember reading a bunch and, and uh, listening to a bunch of interviews back when Nothing of Sound came out. They talked about how they basically wrote the whole thing on the road because they this newfound success with Beautiful Letdown. They had like some 300 shows one year. And they said uh, they were going through a lot. And then, of course, the the stuff with the label and the CD, you know, as it comes out, which probably limited, you know, some of its reach, even though I think it was, I think it was still the second most uh, sold, uh, but it probably limited the reach a little bit. But then just the whole, the vibe of the, you know, ecclesiastical, um album and just the uh the the rock riffs the deeper meanings and uh, isn't that also the album where um uh we are one tonight towards the end where that that bridge where the stars are coming out like it's just this cool kind of wrap up of the whole thing so really good stuff one of my favorite lyrics is i've been thinking about the meaning of resistance of a hope beyond my own and suddenly the infinite and penitent begin to look like home Pretty deep, pretty good stuff. I was just going to say, super deep, but the way he sings it is so hooky. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, literally, when you are when you were saying that lyric, I'm like, oh, that's not how it sounds. I'm thinking I would drive it in my truck going, you know, it's just the way they marry a great hook, a great medley, melody, with a very deep group of words. Yeah. I love it. I love it. We are one tonight. So we have a music festival, or we used to, here at this radio station, and Switchfoot was here one year. And I'm sitting backstage. I'm, I've am i got the best seat ever because I'm such a super fan, and I'm watching from behind um, the drum set. 
And it was a moving moment, Tyler, when they sang We Are One Tonight, because it was a it was a real moment of worship for John. And I remember him kind of getting a little teary-eyed, a little choked up in his voice. And I was like, I've never heard the song like this before. It gave it a, a whole new meaning. Yeah. And um, he walks off the stage. He's sweaty. He's hanging on there. And he looks at me. And I, I hold up a peace sign. And I mouth the word, two more songs. <laughs> two more songs. Because I knew there was only one left. And he actually did two more songs. There you go. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> he's a man of the people. That's for sure. Yeah, I think as you're saying that, I, I can't remember if it was the best of DVD, but they were in Nashville. They recorded that. And when he did We Are One Tonight, he mixed in uh, a couple verses of Shadowproof of Sunshine. And I remember him talking about um, we can be a, a people and a church that that can change. And, yeah. it, and then he did the echo. We are one. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool. One thing we do on the show is I'll go back and look at some of the quotes uh, from John from either when the song came out or later on in an interview. Kind of get your thoughts on it. Uh, this one, I think it was right after Stars came out. John Foreman said, maybe it's the Led Zeppelin side of me, but I love a good rock riff. And this one is really fun to play. It's a good builder that I'm anxious to play. Uh, and I have been I have a theory about social entropy. For now, let's just say that in a world of pain and war and divorce and greed and genocide, how does anything good ever happen? I understand the second law of thermodynamics in the physical world to be something like this. Any system which is free of external influences becomes more and more disordered with time. This disorder can be expressed in terms of the quantity called entropy. So without some sort of external influence on the social plane, I find no logical reason why humankind didn't see her last day a long time ago call it grace or love or anti-entropy there must be something keeping things together the question becomes why do good things happen to bad people in the song the first verse looks at things from a perspective pinning the center of the universe on the individual maybe i've been the problem maybe i'm overcast falling apart the second verse talks about our world from the perspective of the stars looking down on earth from the eternal dance of gravity and motion I love the night sky. It reminds me of how small and insignificant I and my problems are in light of the infinite. When I look at the stars, I feel like myself. Hmm. And it's quotes like that that make me super nervous when it's my turn to interview a guy like that because there's no way I can run with those bulls. I don't talk or think like that. I'm a simple guy. I'm from a small town. But thank God above, he dumbs it down for people like me. <laughs> Well, what's cool too is John can take a simple question. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, what what philosophy can I, you know, come up with? Like that's just how his mind works. So the yeah, the simple questions uh, can lead him into something like that. Because he, in that instance, he was probably asked, "Hey, what does stars mean?" And he's like, "Okay, here's a book on it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I love especially that last quote there because, for me personally, music and nature can both make me feel small, but in a good way. Like when I reflect on how big God is, how small I am. It actually gives me hope and helps me look past like the little problems and the, you know, maybe the small complaints of the day. Um, so I love that, that John and Switchfoot feel the same way. And, you know, they think about music and nature as, you know, vehicles um, for those thoughts as well. So, yeah, there's nothing, nothing like a beautiful sunrise 
which I don't get to see because I do a morning show in radio, so I don't get to see that. But when I do, I'm inspired by the colors. And there's nothing like a campfire under a clear sky night and just being able to breathe and slow down, turn off the noise, and just get lost in the stars. And is that a satellite? Is that an airplane? And just letting your mind kind of go and think and feel and breathe. Uh, I think that's why they stay out in San Diego because they're so close to the ocean and you know, you get in water and you're swimming and having a great day. How could you turn that down? How could you go? No, nah, I'm going to go to the big city instead. <laughs> I like buildings and such. No, I, I, I appreciate that band so much for reminding me of stuff like that, that you just talked about. Yeah. One final question for you as I'm kind of thinking about again, this song and the message of it, you know, I want to encourage our listeners to uh, encourage you to look up at the stars, look all around us, you know, see God at work. Um, Corey, I feel like you are someone that lives that way, not just your podcast, but you're a, a very fun follow on, on social media with all the things, you know, not just radio, but uh, all the adventures that you're part of. So my question is, what advice would you give to anyone listening about chasing your dreams, looking up at the stars and being aware of God and all that life has to offer us. Earlier in the episode, I talked about my dad shutting down the idea of me drawing. And fast forward to Christmas of 2014, I bought my really young son a How to Draw Ninja Turtles book. And the next day, December 26th, we're sitting at the dinner table together and we open up the book and we start drawing one of the turtles and there was like a lightning bolt that went from the top of my head down to my hand drawing again. And it was a feeling that I had lied dormant for way too long because I believed what was a lie. Ultimately got to chase a dream. So that led to drawing every single day in 2015. And then that led to my first kid's book in 2016. And then that led to uh, all sorts of, projects. I draw Christmas cards. Uh, I've dabbled in some al album art. I've done some concert t-shirt stuff. And so I'm working on a new book. That was one of my resolutions or projects for 2023 is, is a whole new adventure. So when I got done with that first book, Tyler, my son's teacher said, Hey, can you come to school and ask me the exact same thing that you asked? And I came up with three things. Stay young, have fun, take risks, stay young. You remember how there wasn't a care in the world when we were younger, we would wake up, throw on a sweatshirt and we would go out and then we might come back around dinner time or when you'd hear mom and dad yell and yeah. the world was an adventure. Get back to that. Yeah. Stay young, have fun, man. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I love to have fun and I love to be surrounded by people that have fun. If you're not having fun, work harder at it. Take risks. Take risks. I had no idea how to draw, illustrate, write a kid's book, but I found some people that uh, inspired me. I became a student of the craft. And within a year, I had a very successful Kickstarter. Um, I hit all the local uh, Christmas bazaars here in town. And uh, a ton of other stories. That's a whole nother podcast of just that book. 
And, uh, you know, I can put successful author if I'd like to on my resume. So those are my big three things. Stay young, have fun, take risks. Very good advice. Appreciate you coming on so much. Uh, I feel like I know you just from listening to you for the last couple of years. Um, can you give us any tease about upcoming guests on the show? If you can't, no problem, but I can. Um, I have such great access to artists because of my profession. And uh, I'll go through seasons where I'll have eight episodes in the can, as they say, or I'm, you know, struggling and working at it. I'm taking my foot off the gas pedal just a little bit. Uh, and I don't know that there'll be one every week, but um, my newest episode that I'm working on right now is with an artist named Leland, Leland Mooring. Yeah. And... I finally got to meet him this past November for the first time. And I've been listening to him since he was 16 years old with that first record, The Sound of Melodies. He was 16, Tyler, when he made that record. He's 34 now. He's all grown up. He is a delight to talk to. We talked for way too long. So I'm in the editing mode now of getting this thing down to fighting weight. Uh, but I think it's a great episode. Um, there's some other irons in the fire. I can say out loud. I'm not afraid. Uh, KB, the rapper, he's got a new book coming out. Um, Dante Bo wants to have a conversation. And then the two unicorns who I've yet to land, I've talked to them many times, but nowhere near a microphone is Lauren Daigle and Toby Mack. And Lauren is currently in the works because she's got new music coming out this year. Toby is the elusive unicorn where we just can never get our schedules lined up and we kind of text and joke about it. Um, but he's one that I'd, I'd love to poke and prod. There's a lot of life lived there with that guy. Yeah. And uh, to be contained in a 30 minute episode will be a challenge for me, but I'm up for the task. Well, I'm looking forward to it. As you mentioned, Leland there, tears of the saints is still one of my, my bops all, all these years later. That's a great. Oh one. yeah. And just, you know, go back and listen to it. That's a 16 year old. Yeah. singing some pretty deep songs but you know when mom and dad said we're starting a church and you're the worship band he and his brother are like oh okay and uh i won't give away too much of the episode but that's coming up real soon sounds great we will link in the show description to all of your social media handles and of course the podcast uh thanks so much for coming on uh keep uh shining the light and living adventures and uh look forward to seeing what's next Keep on looking exactly like Jim from The Office. Has anyone ever told you that? I think at one point. It's been a while, though. Every time I look up at the screen that you and I are using, I literally think I'm watching Jack Ryan from Amazon and uh, John Krasinski. So take it as a compliment because I look like uh, Chris Farley's younger brother, uh, Chet. 